I feel like we're always apologizing to our listeners for the state that we're in. Well, we're both going through a really hard season right now, so we're like persevering. I know. That's what we're, I'm telling myself. That's just the best that we have right now. That's that's no that lobby talk. We, we are both struggling. Right. We're not like coming to you live from our blissy all the places. We're like we made it here. You're welcome. We th- <laughs> think we have something that might add value. I hope so. Too. Well, if it doesn't add value, don't listen to it, but it'll make me feel better about myself. Right. So you're going to start without your notes. I had to have notes today because I, I don't have a brain anymore. Thanks, well, menopause. No. So as many of you know in this season, and probably by the time this is out, my grandmother will have passed. So I have been with my sister, the major, my sister's number one, I'm number two um, caretaker of my grandmother as she's dying of stage four lung cancer, which is literally the worst death to watch. I'm, you know, death is gross and bad, but she's basically slowly suffocating and drowning and it's awful to watch. Um, And she was this, she is, I won't use past tense, but she is this vibrant, lively performer. You know, my whole childhood, she was just this light. She always, Mm. and so to see her so dim has been really jarring for me. So. And she's in like the, she's in her, or she's in her chair. Yes. So she, she. We have a hospital bed. Hospice moved to hospital bed, and that's where I sleep at night. Um, I sleep in the hospital bed. She refuses to leave her recliner, which is fine. And that she, that helps her breathe, too? Yeah, she can't. There's no way she could lay down. The hospital bed we would have yanked right up, too, but I think it scares her. Mm-hmm. It's just it feel, that feels more real to her. So she's going to die in her chair, and we'll just – that's okay. Oh. Um. So, yeah, so this has been really a weird experience, and I don't think death is talked enough in our culture um, because it's definitely a thing, seeing someone die, processing a death, and what death does if you don't deal with your garbage, or even if you've dealt with your garbage like me, how it kind of offsets things. So for me and my sister... um, this has been a really triggering time. So this is my mother's mother. And as everybody, if you've listened here more than once, knows that I don't have a relationship with my mother. Um, <clears throat> but I have to right now. Mm-hmm. Like we have to interact because she's another caregiver. A crappy one, but nonetheless, um, in my opinion. And so... I ha- we have to communicate. So I've had to, s- we have a text thread and I have to read texts from her and I have to text her back. Mm-hmm. And so that is passing or crossing a lot of the boundaries that I set up two years ago when I mm-hmm. stopped having all communication with her. Right. It's forced. It is. It's a forced and That's my hard. sister and my sister through this process had her final realization that our mother is not a parent she's not a person that neither of us want in our lives that it's not healthy for us to have her in our life Mm. so I have not been around her for about two years and I'll tell you what I it was rough coming back into that and I don't think I did it all well Peter's had to talk me off lots of cliffs um I'm not in prison so I feel like that is victory (laughs) spiritual victory guys but we work from prison forward (laughs) yeah you're still not there so that's good I know I know like yeah but I think for me I know success that's what I tell myself every (laughs) single day uh, no handcuffs, winning. <laughs> Ideally. <laughs> In a perfect world. Well, because I, I guess to me, there's pros and cons. So when you're marinated in somebody's toxicity, like I had been with Joe, with my mother, sorry, I shouldn't say her name, but with my mother for years, you know, you you learn how to handle it. Just like I think, you know, like 
Munchausen's or like how do people how do people survive Auschwitz? You know, like I'm not comparing my childhood to Auschwitz, but Trauma. you survive. You survive. You figure out a way mm-hmm. to just put one foot forward in front of the other. And that's what I did most of my childhood. I knew how to survive her toxicity. When I removed myself from that, I had two years where I like like a marinated had come out of my pores. Mm-hmm. I haven't needed those skills anymore. And all of a sudden, I've been thrust back into it. Mm. And it's been, I think, in some ways worse. Because I now know what life is like without that toxicity. And I have to like... Mm. And I also refuse some of my old skills. So some of my old coping mechanisms of validating being funny being funny deflecting ignoring Mm -hmm. I am unwilling to do those things anymore Mm -hmm. so um I'm a 10,000 set yourself on fire I'm not unwilling to set myself on fire to keep my mother cozy right so what I do instead which I need to well it's it's only a matter of time and then I can go back away from her and then it will be fine but it's called gray stoning and it's a way a way to deal with a narcissistic person where you just kind of like you just keep dropping the stones you're like yep okay Mm. I have to get back to that where you you deflect and you just you don't engage Mm. I engage fiercely like Mm -hmm. she says one unkind comment to my sister and um I basically rip her face off verbally. Mm-hmm. I just, I keep, like, I just, I am, which is not the right thing. And so I have to, like, backtrack and be like, okay. Is that ki- the trigger or is just her very presence the trigger? Or is the thing <sighs> as the whole the trigger? Like, what's her, what's that trigger point where you're like, that's it, it's go time? Uh, Words. Words well, that are said, no, actions. You know what it is? And me and my sister talked about this. So... I have been, and I know this sounds crazy, and I swear, people, I'm not even making it up, and Rach can validate for a lot of it. I was literally born. Like, my mother had me to be a manipulation piece. So I, she had me as a teenager because she was trying to entrap my biological father because she really liked what his family was like, and she wanted to build herself a family. She wanted a pawn, a something that she could use to entrap and manipulate other people. And that was me. She, mm-hmm. That was how I was born. I was born to be man- used as a pawn in her manipulation games. And I have my entire life. Mm-hmm. I was used that. She used me against my uncles. Both of them have come to me and talked about stuff that she used to do. My grandmother, she would not, you know, this is what she's done. This is, I am her game piece. And Mm -hmm. I've always been her game piece. And I'm good with, like, I'm not good with, like, I know in my mind that that is inappropriate and really, really bad. Mm -hmm. But I know how to handle that. The part for me where I crack and I lose my ever-loving mind is when she tries to manipulate my sister or my children or somebody else mm-hmm. because that's the trigger point. that for me I'm mm-hmm. gone I'm gone I will I will burn everything in my path I go like Cyclops and the X-Men I just take my glasses down and I like <laughs> just set everything around me on fire it's like I wish I had that superpower oh, man. sometimes it would I, it is good that I don't yeah um Same. so that for me because mm. I'm so protective of that i'm so right, you protective. can handle it and I at can some handle point it. you're willing to absorb I, or I drop have. the stones I, it's just it, that's been my lot in life mm-hmm. like i don't know how to explain it to people unless you've been raised as a pawn like i know that that's what she's doing to me and i because i know i feel like i have some control over the game mm-hmm. but if she does that to my sister or my children or my uncle, like anybody else, mm-hmm. all, all, all the game pieces are thrown off the table. It's like the chess mm-hmm. game. I just pick it up and just throw it across the room and I go Hulk. Right. So <laughs> there's yeah. a reason that character Is rings real. true with all of us because we all have those moments where we go Hulk and we're like, all right, this is happening. 
now mommy's growing green horns and I'm it's go time it's go time and run and you better run yep um but it is sad that it does come to that and it's I I'm I think it's I think there's tremendous value in you sharing this as you're going through it in real time because first of all this is some this is something that a lot of people are living with on a daily like they can't get away from their narcissistic family member whether it's a husband or a wife or a partner or a sibling or someone in the extended family um i have experienced this in my extended family yeah um as people have coupled off with with the wrong people (laughs) and it's it's destroyed lives it does destroy lives right but i i i am still at thankfully where you were at for two years where it's like I have put up very clear walls and boundaries to protect those I love however if something if if that person tries to infiltrate this world again you'll uh, go bananas I will go bananas yeah I will I will do whatever I have to do to make to build up those walls again Mm -hmm. it's it's a sad reality that we have to make really hard boundaries like that well it doesn't I mean, I'm just going to speak of having a narcissistic parent. Um, you are bound to your mother. Like, that's the hardest part is, like, mm-hmm. you are supposed to love and trust your mother. Like, I want my children to no matter what, no matter where, no matter when, no matter how, they're going to drop all the things and come to me because they know I'm their mother and I love them unconditionally. And I do not have that relationship. Mm-hmm. I do not. That's not. And that's never been the relationship that I have with with my mother. That has never been her MO. Right. And it it is fascinating to watch her now, knowing that when this period of time is over, when my grandmother passes, I'll never have to see her again. Hmm. So I know it's a short time, so I'm able I think that's also the other reason I've been able to keep it together is that I know it's a short time. That's what we call it in wrestling when like Two people are on the mat. My boys wrestle and, and you're about to be pinned, but there's only like five seconds left on the clock. And if that buzzer hits and you are over, mm-hmm. the coach will scream short time, short time, which means just hang on, take a deep breath and fight as hard as you can because it's almost over mm. and you can get back up. Mm-hmm. And that's what I feel like this is. This isn't this isn't a plan. Like, I don't feel like I need to go and meet with my therapist and make a plan of action of how to handle the next six months of dealing with my mother this is a short time so I have to take a deep breath and I have to fight with all my might and I can't get arrested like those are like literally the three (laughs) things like I just I need to Mm. press forward breathe through it know it's not about me know it's about what my grandmother needs Mm. and then when my grandmother passes it's short time it's short time and then I can it will be over the buzzer will buzz she will go to heaven and I will walk out that apartment door and I will never have to see that woman again. And that is, I literally have to say that. Me and my sister say that to each other on the daily where we're mm-hmm. like, short time, short time, short time, short mm-hmm. time. So, you know, I think. That's hard. Yeah. That's like a big, if you step back and look at it, it's such a sadness because it's like the person that was supposed to be your safest person. Yes. And your whole childhood life is not a safe person she's the antithesis of your safety she is who hurts me she is my abuser mm-hmm. yeah and I think you know someday when I have more brain function I would love to do a whole podcast to explain what is narcissism and what it like some signs mm. that you might be dealing with a narcissistic person and some I did want you to define gaslighting because oh, that's something a, that yeah she's really comes up that. That, that's a part of having mm-hmm. a narcissist in your life, but I, a lot of people don't know what that means, including me. Like I know, I know generally what it means, but it's hard to it's hard to describe it. Yeah, I can. I have it defined. I have it defined right here. So, gaslighting is a complex term, but it essentially refers to a form of psychological abuse intended to make another person feel crazy. Mm-hmm. Gaslighting comes in many different forms, but it may present as one being told you're overreacting or dramatic for having a feeling, Mm -hmm. lying about the behavior even when confronted, trying to convince you that it was just a joke, telling you that you're misunderstanding or misremembering details. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
mm-hmm. trying to change how you feel. You should feel grateful. And I mean, mm-hmm. again, I don't, I am literally on maybe an average of two, two hours of sleep a night right now. So um, at some point I would like to really display that because that is, mm-hmm. yeah, my, my mother is the definition of gaslighting. Right, and that's a huge. All of those things are are warning signs of right. that you're in a toxic. It, you're in a toxic situation, yeah. and here's the thing: like with someone who's trying to control you. Right, if you're if because here's the thing, and this is a difference of like. So I did explode at at my mother. It was ugly. I did not behave appropriately. Like, well, I mean, Peter was there, and he was like, "Well, nothing you said was untrue." Um, but I probably could have handled it better. I could have been calmer, but I just went mm-hmm. zero to a thousand. Um, and it was a long time coming. Yeah. <laughs> it was brewing. It was brewing. It was brewing. Um, that was, it was like chug on a wood stove. Um, it was thick and oily. Oh, dear. Yeah. Uh, Explosive, apparently. It was. Yeah. So, um, that happens. But it, and it does. And, and I have talked to the Lord about that and, and, processed it and asked him for forgiveness if I wasn't a good um, image bearer of him but I don't think she needs any forgiveness I'm not going to apologize to her I apologize to my sister my sister was like what are you talking about that was amazing so I'm trying my best to like gauge my behavior but mm-hmm. um, I think for me gaslighting you know, if I'm behaving inappropriately because I'm imperfect, right? Mm-hmm. Peter ha- can come and say to me, like, so that was a little intense. Like parenting. Like I mm-hmm. might just go off and be a little bit too harsh with my kids and be like, are you kidding me? You know, mm-hmm. and say something a little bit t- too harshly or him do the same thing. He can come to me and and tell me, hey, so that thing you said, that felt like it was a little much. Like... I hear what you were trying to do and you might not necessarily be wrong, but I don't think you, you shared that the right way. Mm-hmm. That's not gaslighting. No. Gaslighting is you were recollecting something that is happening to you and the person is looking back at you and saying, no, no, you, that is, you did not feel that way. You, you loved your childhood. So I would say, right. you know, like, you know, mom, when I was a child, you used to do this. Oh, no, no, that we snuggled all the time on the couch and watched movies. No, we didn't, mom. I wasn't allowed to watch TV with you. I had a TV in my own room. I don't think that, I don't think you're remembering that correctly. I think that you wanted that independence and I loved you so much that I let you have that independence. Do you see what I mean? Like, yes, there's this, Mm -hmm. there's this, you know, Mm -hmm. well, at least you weren't like my mom always uses the fact like that we weren't sexually abused, you know, like, well, at least you weren't ever molested. That's her excuse of I can't have had a bad childhood because, well, at least, you know, I prevented you from ever being raped. Like that's, right. and that. And where do you even go from there? You're like, oh, okay, I, I but. went there with her. So don't worry. But like, you know, like that. But if that's if that's your level of parenting, mm-hmm. if that, you know, what I mean? like so she there's no <laughs> right. accountability for anything else. There's I don't think you mm, I don't think you're remembering that. Well, I, I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, I you're that I feel like you're being really choosy with what you're remembering. Uh, if you knew the whole story, then you would be proud of me. If you knew the whole story, you would see how strong I am. If you mm-hmm. knew the whole story, you would see what uh, a pioneer I was. And it's not the whole story that she wants you. It's her her, her story. story. Yeah, that's the part for me when I have trauma triggers. Oh, girl! I feel like I'm five years old again. Yep. I revert to a little girl inside. Where I feel completely helpless and completely like I have no, I don't know what to say, I don't know how to yeah. react, I don't know how to hold myself anymore. My confidence is gone, and it, it can happen like that. Like it is one Drama in one second, you can be very confident. You can be like, I'm a, I'm a, a mom. I'm a wife in my, I'm in my forties. I, I've learned a lot of lessons. I, 
I'm not a perfect person, but I've, I've come this far. And then something can happen with, you know, especially with people that have the capacity to, uh, whether they know it or not, sort of induce these trauma triggers. Mm -hmm. Let's just say something happens and you can now be completely incapacitated mentally and emotionally and, and in some cases physically by this check and check yes right and like you can completely lose it or you can completely shut down Mm -hmm. I usually have one before the other so I completely lose it and then I shut down or I completely shut down in the moment but then when I get home I like lose it in front of my husband where because he's my safe one of my safe people right I can lose it and really feel the feelings and realize what what just happened yeah what just happened Trauma triggers are, I have the definition of it because you know I love words. It's a psychological stimulus that prompts involuntary recall of previous traumatic experience. The stimulus itself need not be frightening or traumatic, and it may only be indirectly, superficially reminiscent of an earlier traumatic incident, such as a scent or a piece of clothing. It can be mm-hmm. so incredibly simple. Right. And Wow. What it, was the first part of that? Prompts involuntary? Yeah. It, um, hold on. Just very at the front. Okay. Psychological stimulus that prompts, prompts involuntary recall, recall of a previous traumatic experience. Wow. And it was interesting. Like, God has been super merciful during this time. Um, me and my sister have both had our breakdowns, but neither of us had had it at the same time. So it's so mm-hmm. funny because, like, my sister will start having a breakdown and I can look right at her and be like, this is a trauma trigger. You are safe. You are an adult. She has no power over you. We are doing this for our grandmother. This is what our grandmother wants. Our grandmother has always been kind to us. Our grandmother has always loved us. We can do this. We have each other. I love you. I'll take care of you. I will always, like, Mm -hmm. we'll literally speak those words Mm -hmm. and then literally with (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like the other the other day I did it to my sister and I calmed her down I calmed her down and then I went into the kitchen and I opened up the refrigerator and I saw something in the refrigerator and I just started bawling and I couldn't stop crying mm-hmm. and I couldn't like my whole body was actually physically shaking and mm-hmm. and my was there a trauma was, trigger in the fridge probably probably oh, I don't even know a tomato a tomato probably um who knows but I did I just like and I felt this whole that whole thing like I was a little girl again I Mm. I it's all my fault because I had just blown up this would have been so much better if I wouldn't have spoken if I just would have taken it if I just Mm. you know if I could just not be if I just let it go there wouldn't be all this drama I'm the drama creator I'm the I'm the problem I'm the person who and I could just feel it going through Mm. me and my whole body and I just started crying and my sister came in and she's like oh no oh no what do I do what do I do and I was like tell me everything I just told you 15 minutes ago she's like you are important and I love you so much like it's like we're just trying to get through yeah the next 20 minutes yeah the next oh my the next time and when it's just she and I we're fine it's when it's it's you know more complicated Mm -hmm. so and the hardest part is is that we both desperately want it over like we want this to be over but that equals my grandmother not being on earth Mm -hmm. and that is a really painful just juxtaposition you know Mm -hmm. what I mean because I'm like Mm -hmm. yeah I don't want to live with my grandmother not on the earth. She was, is, and will always be one of the most prominent. I mean, everybody in my circle of friends knows who I'm talking about when I say Grammy Bling Bling. Everybody has an actual picture of her in her head and who she is and the aura that she brings and her funness and her excitement and her joy and her perform, her ability to perform. I mean, she, is, I have so much of her in me, my ability to speak comfortably that woman brought me on stage when I was a little I mean like that is why I am who I am my mm-hmm. whatever bits of confidence I have that my mother couldn't strip from me come from my grandmother mm-hmm. like she and my grandfather so deeply adored me and I I've always known that my grandmother adores me in fact it was so funny we we're going through pictures 
and this might make me cry, but it was a picture of one of the kids' birthday parties. And when my kids were little, all of their birthdays are so close together. We just have one big party mm-hmm. and like it'd have a theme like knights and princesses or X-Men or whatever. And everyone would come and we'd do this one big party. It was pictures from the party, but many of them were pictures of me Aww. being a mom. It was right. so, it was like she was there because she was you are her grandchild. I, she was there for mm. me too, and yeah. she was like taking pictures of me c- talking to Catherine, and mm. she took pictures of me like setting things up, and I just I grabbed them and I brought them home and I just wept and I wept because like mm. she was she has always been proud of me and that's all I've ever wanted and so was somebody to be proud of me mm-hmm. and she thinks I'm the bee's knees mm-hmm. and she's leaving the earth she's mm-hmm. leaving the earth and that is so heart-wrenching to me that I won't have a biggest fan on this earth for me anymore mm, but you did for I did 40 for, some odd years for 42 and, years I was the cat's pajamas and, to my grandmother yeah and so yeah. which is you know at, at this point I when it when we go through hard th- at least when I do I'll just speak for myself because I don't know if this is the way that other people process but I do try to quickly uh, try to step back in my head and get some perspective and I have to say something like I almost have to gaslight myself and just <laughs> sort of be like well at least you're you know because like my back is hurting me right now like it often does because I have chronic back issues but it's like well at least I can still walk um at at least I can still this that or the other and I'm trying to try to change the narrative where I'm like okay all right uh okay I'm going to try to get through this day by doing this this and this and and at least I this or that and I, I do think that people that are have had difficult childhoods teenage years young adult all the thing marriages if they've had that or if they are in it um shoot I lost my thought there needs to be an amount of perspective of your blessings well there there does unless you're in like a seriously dangerous but even then I think that's when we go back to like what is trauma I think Mm. when you see the people who survive trauma there was a book Peter read about survivors People who survive things, they like, they're the ones that survived the shipwreck. They're the ones that survived, like, they always are looking at the next step forward. They are not dwelling on the backward. Mm. And then when they get to the next word, they show gratefulness. And then when they're finally safe, they unpack it. Mm-hmm. So it's not under it's the good. rug. There's no under the rug here. Like, I'm probably, mm. well, after my after my grandmother passes away, I am probably going to need to go start seeing a counselor again just to unpack everything that I've just been through. Yeah, that's so good. Under the rug. But I, I but for- there, you, I, you have, it's just like in wrestling, short time. Short you, time. You just have got to, mm. what is the next thing so that you make it to the next day? So for you with your back, with a person that is, you know, in an abusive relationship or a person that is in an unhealthy situation with a coworker or you know what is the next step and the other piece is is being truly honest like mm. me and my sister have still set up boundaries in this situation and we've met with the hospice nurse and said this is the conditions that we are in right now and this is where our line is because I love my grandmother but my mental health is as important as her final days. Mm-hmm. And so what is that plan going to look like? Right. What does that look like for my sister? And what does that look like for me? Mm-hmm. Because. Right. Self-care is still important. Yeah. For new mamas, for mamas There is a reason they say to put the oxygen mask on you first. Exactly. Right. You do have to figure out what's going to keep you healthy and functioning. And right. You cannot totally sacrifice your health even to save someone else's life I mean it's it's you because because you're still needed mm-hmm. you're still needed by your people right and and there's there's sacrifice and there's hardship and there's endurance and there's fighting for something and my kids are you know like my kids barely see me and my husband barely sees me and he's doing all the stuff at home and he's doing all the cooking and we are all in this, the whole small family, we're mm-hmm. all in this because of our love 
of my grandmother. Mm-hmm. Like no one's feeling ostracized or man, you know manipulated within my core group. Like we we talk about this and we are all in it. We're all in it until we get to the place where it's not healthy anymore. And that and I know that I know that boundary and mm-hmm. my sister knows it and the people that are around me know it and they know the, the accountability that I will have. Right. So if things start breaking down or getting to a place where you list, you're starting to become dysfunctional in your own home right. around your own husband and your own children. Right. That's when that's when we that to has to game. recenter right. and refocus. Right. Because that just that shouldn't have to happen. Right. If the manipulation, if if I if my mother is using the death of my grandmother to manipulate me to do things that I've said that I wouldn't do or, you know, whatever, in a gaslighting, mm-hmm. narcissistic way, I'm calling the game. Right. And thankfully, I don't think, I don't think there's much more time in this. So, mm-hmm. you know, I don't think we're going to have to tow this road for a lot longer. I think that might be part of the thing, like the short time, short time. What is what mm-hmm. is your short time then for people in, in situations that are having the same sort of results, like the trauma triggers and know that they're in a situation where they're being gaslighted and um, yeah. um, made to feel guilty or unloved in a situation that should otherwise be healthy. Right. You've got to come up with a boundary that you right. put before you that has a time limit right well I mean they're they're definitely keys and if you truly believe you're like like I said I would love to do a whole podcast on what I believe narcissism is I think it's a real thing I think a lot they are wolves in sheep clothing (laughs) I think there's a lot around um in the Christian world and in the non-Christian world I think it's a universal thing Mm -hmm. and the first thing is to educate yourself the more I learned about what narcissism was, the more I was able to relinquish some of my own trauma because I was becoming educated about this is actually not about me, which is what right. I've been told my whole life. This was about me. Right. So yeah. the more you educate yourself, th- then you could do the second thing, which is stop blaming yourself. When you're in an unhealthy relationship, a lot of times you, especially with a narcissist, you, you blame yourself. Well, if I was better behaved or if I did better grades or if I worked harder or if I cleaned the house more or if I was a better mom or if I cooked Mm -hmm. better then A, B, and C wouldn't happen. These Mm -hmm. behaviors, these abuses that I am seeing both physically, mental, emotional, or spiritual, those things would not happen if I Mm -hmm. could change my behavior. Which might have been true. But that's still not like it might have been true that you did have to do things in order to keep the peace. Right. Oh, absolutely. But, but that's not But it shouldn't have been that it shouldn't have been the reason or your fault if some if you didn't do those things on right. a particular day or in a particular right. situation if you didn't eat for the tomato, everything to right. go hit the wall for it to be your fault because it shouldn't have been that kind of a situation in the first place. Right. That is not kindness. That is not a a safe environment well it's not normal people or should be human beings should be allowed to be flawed because we're all flawed mm-hmm. and when when we look at that flaw and you are able to articulate like hey when you like you and me if you say something and I feel like ow I feel like we have a close enough relationship that you'd be like hey now ow that enough throwing me under the bus about my house too far too far too far (laughs) and then you'll be like oh my gosh you're right I do things take things too far please forgive me absolutely yeah Yeah. absolutely Mm -hmm. because there's a there's an exchange there there's a instead Mm -hmm. of you being like actually Amber your house is disgusting and if you would just clean it I wouldn't have to make fun of you all the time about it Right, it's your fault. It's your fault that I said that. that it's your fault <laughs> that I have to continue. I'm so embarrassed that I have to continue to tell you so that you will know better to n- take care of your house. Do you see the, like the difference? That right. is the yeah. Right. So then one is kind, one is unkind. Well, and one is one is a mute. Like there's a reciprocity. It's like I you your house is a mess. 
That is true, right? My house is a disaster right now. That is true. Clumps of dog hair in corners. I just don't have time. So, and and you seeing it is also true. Both of those things are mutually true. And you could say to me as a friend, like, are you okay? Like, your house looks really bad. Like, are you, like, because that's the level of our friendship. Mm-hmm. And I could then say either two things. Yeah, I like my house looking like a dump. Or no, I'm drowning and I don't have time. And then your response to me as a friend is that you would then check on me. Like, Mm -hmm. well, Amber usually does care if Mm -hmm. her house is a dump. So there must be something deeper. I'm going to press in and love on her. Mm -hmm. But then, uh, or I'll say, or you'd say, which you always have my whole life is, all right, I'm coming over and we're going to clean the house together and we're going to talk the whole time and it's going to be fun. Mm -hmm. So like... But that's different layers of friendship, too, which I think, you know. You could also have said, that kind of hurts my feelings. And then I should say, I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, you know me. Like, I'm so I'm visual weird, and I'm an, I'm an I'm absolute nut. About yeah. So I, and I, I tend to focus on a lot of crazy things all the same time. And I, right. Like but that's, that's an acknowledgement of you. So you're taking part of the ownership. And yeah, right. I think there's that taking ownership of, your own words and that your words affect people both positively and negatively Mm -hmm. and the narrative of a narcissist is that they are infallible like they their narrative is that they are always the hero of the story that they're always right they're always and that we are always wrong right and (laughs) if and if you feel bad about them that's your problem that they're just misunderstood. Like if you really knew them, then you would give them all the grace. But mm-hmm. they don't have to give you any grace. It's a it's an un unyoked, right. an unequally yoked relationship. For sure. And in different relationships, you know, and that's where it's harder. Like I think I could easily have a coworker who's a narcissist. And I would probably have fun with them because I'm so used to how to handle them now. Mm-hmm. That it could become like. And they're also not your mom. They're not your mom. <laughs> right? right. And so like there's different levels of relationship. Right. And the closer you get to your 2% or what should be your 2%. And most fa- most families are in that. Like you should be close to your mom. You should be close to mm-hmm. your dad. You should be close to your siblings. Like your biological family. It is beautiful when that works. Like we mm-hmm. saw that all the time with Amy and her family. Like mm-hmm. it is beautiful when it works. And so because that's how God created family, the problem with a lot of biological family, family of origin, like your origin story, right. is that a lot of people don't want to deal with the stuff under the rug because right. there's so much shame and guilt. And, and so what happens mm-hmm. is is we – sometimes have the hardest relationships with yep. our origin, our family of origin because of that, because mm. no one wants to say there's so much, you know, like as a mom, I can see it. Like I, I know I messed up with some of my kids on some things mm-hmm. and I have so much shame and regret and it has to constantly be in the forefront of my mind that if they want to unpack that, they have every right to do it and I need to take some ownership over it. Mm-hmm. And But that's scary and uncomfortable and, and hard. But the but fact that you're willing to do it. It's beautiful though. Is an uh, act of love and and not narcissism. Right. <laughs> Where the, it's like, okay, right. I need to, yes, you're right. You're totally, I was this. I can just say sorry. I'm so sorry. Not try to defend myself. Right. I'm so sorry. I mean, how many of us would have loved to have heard that from a parent, from a sister, from a sibling, from right. someone in their family of origin, from someone that would just say, and for me, sorry, I've gotten a lot of sorries in my life. I would love to see someone put forth the effort to want to be in my life. Like, I would love, like any family member that comes back and says, oh, Amber, we see you had such a horrible childhood. However, can we, you know, I had an uncle take me out to lunch and and do that. And Peter answered for me. And he's like, if you want Amber in your life, pursue her. She's worth it. Mm -hmm. Don't just say these empty words and then never show up up or never invite her or never stop by or never call and see how she's doing or never 
say, hey, I, heard, I saw this hilarious movie and it made me think of you. Or, mm-hmm. you know, I saw that picture on, on the Facebooks and your children are so stunning. Or, hey, your daughter's about to graduate and send her a graduation card with money in it or a gift card. or You know, like, because that shows that you actually do believe I'm more, we're, we're worthy of what you're saying. You're actually putting, you're putting feet to that mm-hmm. versus because the hallowed, I'm so sorry for me, I'm just speaking on my terms. Different people have different experiences, but I've gotten a lot of, I'm so sorry. I think you've gotten a lot of, I'm so sorry, but <laughs> I, this or that, yeah, or, but you, this or that. And like, that's just not, and I'm sorry. That's you trying to justify something that you did a long time ago that you're still not willing to let go of and still not willing to take ownership of. If you have to say the word but right. after I'm sorry, then it is not a true apology. I don't think. Right. I don't. Well, and here's the thing for like trauma again to bring it, keep bringing it back to trauma. Trauma creates like Brene Brown. Man, I love that woman so much. Like I love that woman so much. She talks a lot about how. Barb always calls it baggage. Like we all have baggage. Mm-hmm. Um, Brene Brown backpacks. calls it. Yeah, backpacks. Brene Brown calls it armor. And I almost like that mm. visual more because like like a, like a an armadillo. An armadillo. I am an armadillo. <laughs> My thick, spirit thick, animal thick. is an armadillo. <laughs> and I just curl up in a ball and you can beat the tar out of me. And you know, I'm not going to feel it. Just I'm gone. Mm. Right? An armadillo does that to stay safe. Right. right. That is it's it. God created an armadillo so that big, scary animals like coyotes and wolves could literally pick them up and throw them in it because their insides are so soft. <laughs> and right? they roll and they roll away <laughs> like bye. Yeah. So but the inside of them are, is very soft. Right. And that's who we are. Our truest, most vulnerable self is inside all of us. We mm-hmm. all have it. And some of us have so much armor on. We have armor from even ourselves. I did for a long time. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And so what happens is we poke each other's armor and we bang into each other's armor. And then we're hurt by their armor. And we're like, hey. <laughs> and so with my family in particular, mm. there's so much systemic abuse and there's so much systemic things. And they don't have Christ. And so, you know, for me... I'm never angry, and I'm being honest. Any extended family who's bolted out of my life, Mm -hmm. I am not angry at them. I would have bolted too if I wasn't legally bound to my abuser, right? Mm -hmm. So uncles and cousins and people who kind of like bolted from my life, I get it. They were were trying to protect themselves. Mm -hmm. So I have no anger towards anyone who's, trying if that's just their armor we all deal with our trauma in different ways Mm -hmm. some of us drink it out of ourselves and are become alcoholics some of us become work obsessed some of us become obsessed with all like there's so many ways in which we put on our armor Mm -hmm. to protect us from our vulnerability and from our trauma triggers and from our our truth some of us start cleaning the house and i'm not gonna drop any names but some of us do that (laughs) when we need to control something i i mean i i don't me (laughs) it's me everybody surprise it's me but like you know it i think it all stems from that same place of vulnerability yes and so as somebody who's literally almost starved herself to death and who is a control freak who who you know i'm a hot mess express like i know that of whom i am to for me then to be angry at someone for being an alcoholic or being angry at somebody for a being avoiding and like leaving and going across country to avoid their family so that they can deal with it their own way. Like mm-hmm. high pots, kettle calling. Like, yeah. Yeah. The, so all I want for people is to work on their own vulnerability. I was going to say, what's the next step when the armors bump into the armor? Then what? I think I think you need to know having your boundaries and having your 2% and knowing and being vulnerable with at least someone. <coughs> Bless you. Um, being vulnerable like with a few mm-hmm. safe people. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you, 
to make this positive spin on, I don't even know what we've talked about because I'm so tired. Um, <laughs> trauma triggers. Trauma triggers. See, I'm into <laughs> trauma trigger. Um, my 2% has come out swinging for me during this time. And I have never felt so loved as what I've gone through with my grandmother. The bond between my, me and my sister, I mean, we there's there's nothing we won't be able to go through mm-hmm. after this. And she and I are so different in so many ways, but I love her so fiercely and she loves me so fiercely that like there's mm-hmm. there it period end of sentence. Well, and to go through something that's so scary like this and so fresh and new and so hor and difficult. Yeah. You will like you just said, it's that's gonna like that's bonding it's that will forever keep you solid for the rest of your and life. And then my people, you, Barb, Sarah, Catherine, you know, just these people who are my church family, like I am so well loved. I feel it and it is giving me the strength to not go to prison. Like I know <laughs> there's been a lot of times where I have actually kept my mouth shut and not said the things I wanted to say because I'm trying to mm. honor the people that I know who are praying for me and the people who are backing me, my school, my, my, my staff are incredible. Like they, my preschool teacher who used to teach kindergarten was like, you are not teaching science. I will teach science for you. And she comes in with her preschoolers and she's do, I don't even have to plan it. She's like, don't Mm. even put it on the books, what we're doing. Cause I've got it completely taken care of. Wow. Okay. You know, (laughs) thank you. You know, my my head of school, after taking two days off when we really thought Graham was going to go and pass, like, I was like, oh, yep, it's happening, met me at the door, like, met saw me and met me at the door and was like, how are you? Are you okay? Do you feel okay? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, listen, <laughs> we are so glad you're back. Your kids missed you so much. We all missed you so much. You were so important to us. We are so valued. You are so valuable here. But if in two minutes you can't do this, you leave and we've got you. Wow. Okay. You know, like, yeah. you know, like that kind of support where, you know, I work with men and women and the men, they're so funny. They just put their hand, like my pastor every other day just sends me an email. I'm praying for you, sister. Mm. You know, like. Not everybody has that. And, and, and my heart goes out to them because yeah. um, not but everybody has that kind of support. And you've got to still be brave and do You still have to be brave, but you thing. need to find that support. That Right. Go think, out and look for it if you I have think, to. I think what happened with me is because I don't have a family, I have created a family for myself. Mm-hmm. And I challenge you, if you have, they're out there. There are people who are willing to love you because you are worthy to be loved. You're an image bearer of Christ. So you are worthy right. of love and affection and support. And if so you are a human then. And then you are. <laughs> and so right. you you need to go and cultivate them. You need to go find people that are healthy. They're not always your first choice. Some people are harder because they're going to press into you. And true mm-hmm. vulnerability and true relationship is people that you have to take feedback from. And that was the hardest part for me. Right. But I have them and they are, they, I have an incredible group of people who are, who are walking alongside of me through this. And I know I'm incredibly lucky mm. for that. I feel like, so, and it doesn't have to be a ton of people. No. Like if you don't have anybody in your life that you feel like is a two percenter, I would say start with a church mm-hmm. or reaching out to a small group of some kind, or even in a hospital. Like I'm just trying to think if I had no one. Where and but I needed I needed support because I was in a really I, like in a situation where yeah. I I am constantly having trauma triggers. Go f- go out in search of someone who can be your support. And there are definitely um, spruce like in our area. There's spruce run. There's always helplines. I even if you're not truly like wanting to end your own life, suicide helplines and things like that will have places for you to go going to support groups, walking into any church and or calling any pastor and asking for help mm-hmm. of getting you with somebody who can help you with trauma counselor or somebody within the church that would be able to walk alongside you. If you're in a family, um, Safe Families of 
say families is a different a type of ministry that will walk alongside you if you're struggling in your marriage or in your family and you need help mm-hmm. you know there's if you're not safe if you're not safe mm-hmm. there are places and you you need to take you need to have even just a teeny tiny bit of glimmer of hope mm-hmm. because you are created in an image of a beautiful God and you are worthy of love and you are worthy to fight for and you're worthy to fight for yourself and for a, a good, a, a beautiful life. We're mm-hmm. all, we all deserve, we don't deserve it, but it is available to all of us. It is a common grace that's available to all of us. Mm-hmm. So good. I think we'll end there Yeah. for now, even though this is something that Amber's going through in real time. Um, for an undetermined amount of time, except by God. But um, it's something that we, she and I both deal with sometimes on a sort of undulating uh, timeline. (laughs) (laughs) But, oh yeah, we love you guys. And feel free to always reach out. Reach out to us if you do not have a friend. At 3 And you need someone to talk to. We are here for you, friend. 